Can you name a city that hosted a game at the 2002 World Cup? Should we say Tokyo? Out straight away. Whoa! What? Oh, what are the greatest answers of all time? OTB AM. Live, weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. The GAA Roadshow Series on OTB Sports. With thanks to Guinness 00. 100% Guinness, 0% alcohol. More social occasions off the GAA pitch are yours for the taking. All right, welcome back to the second part of our Guinness Series of Roadshow here at Dolan's in Limerick. Delighted to say now we've got 2013 All-Ireland winner and the Sunday game hurler of the year of 2013 and Claire Jewelstar, Podge Collins. And we've got the youngest ever winning manager of the Fitzgibbon Cup uh, with Mary I in Jamie Wall as well. Jamie also a former... Underage dual star with Cork and the boys are also first cousins and I believe Jamie you may well have faced each other on the pitch back at minor level as well. Uh, under 14, 14. actually yeah. <laughs> in Charleville. Um, we're, um, I say it's one of the only times we were playing, we played each other twice I think. Um, I was an new substitute when we played you minor football so you were safe enough that day. But um, we were marking each other in an under 14 hurling game and my mum and Podge's mum are sisters, obviously, and uh, they were kind of saying, oh, my mum, of course, was like, you know, a bit naive, more naive than Podge's, because she had an older son as well, and she was like, mum was like, oh, God, it's going to be terrible, they're marking each other, and oh, I don't know how they're going to feel about this, and uh, Catherine looked down and was like, yeah, they're not going to have a problem, and two boys just fucking laying into each other, and falling around, you know, and uh, it was like, sure, I don't know why they were surprised, like, they kind of watched it every summer for about 10 years before, like, and where kind of the games of soccer would only end when someone went in crying. That was kind of, it was like whatever, didn't matter what the score was, was no next score wins, it was just like once someone goes in crying, it was usually David, to be fair. So I, I was actually a cornerback that day and Jamie didn't score, so I was happy. Oh. Was, <laughs> Family bragging rights and, all the way in the comments. Yeah, it's still happening. We might, played, may we or played, may not be true, but go on. <laughs> I'll let we you played Mary Eye then in uh, colleges and Jamie put on a bit of an exhibition. The, Mary Eye Ultras, there's a few of them here, here, here today. They were up in the, what would you call it, the balcony, shouting yeah. down. The Talton building, the, yeah. Yeah, so uh, it's, a, it's a bit of a tough away ground to go to, but uh, we won the game well. But it wasn't that tough, you beat us by 13 fucking points. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's sake. I think Jamie, Jamie scored 11 points or something. We won't say who you were on that day, because he's involved this weekend, but anyway. <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, like, you guys have got plenty of links here. Like, I'm thinking back, Jamie, back to that Fitzgibbon Cup team. I think the lads that you would have had involved that you would have managed coming into this, like you have Conlon on the Clare side, you have Declan Hannum, I think would have played at the same time as well. Um, you were blessed with some really good players coming through and you had that all Limerick final the year that you won it, which was an absolute classic that went extra time as well. Yeah, the, the first year we won it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, like Declan Hannum was man in the match that day, he was full forward that day. He scored like 112, I think, and um, we had Richie English, we had Dara Donovan, Keane Lynch. Um, and then the following year we had Keane again, Aaron Gillan, who was kind of an unknown kind of under-21 panellist at the time and went on to do what he did. And like, not just that though, like, you know, there was, there was clear lads involved, Cullum Galvin, who obviously has had to retire in the last 12 months, um, but like played with and against a lot of them and we've just found like, you know, Mary, I was only over the corner there, like, but like over the course of the couple of years playing there and then coaching there that you come across a huge, huge amount of the lads that are playing now, either, you know, luckily enough, if you have them with you, you know, or unfortunately, if they're against you. Um, I remember that year we had the, the All-Limerick final. We actually played UL in the, in the group game and they whipped us like, and, and again, like we were talking about, um, you know, Davy Fitzgerald, who's kind of been repurposed this year for 
um, for Claire, big Davy Fitzgerald, it's mm. the tall one that plays with feet. <laughs> um, he's kind of been repurposed for Claire as kind of a, an all-action goal-scoring kind of midfielder, but he scored like he scored one three against us that day, like so, that, and that was under Brian Lohan as well. So it's not a massive surprise that Brian has gone and kind of repurposed him in that way. So like you kind of. When these guys come to the fore and you've seen them over the course of those few years, like you're, you're rarely actually that surprised if you've kind of been, been looking at them at 21, 22, 23, playing Fitzgibbon Cup level. So, um, yeah, that side of it, like you're kind of, there's no shocks when they go on to do the things they do then. Yeah, because like their versatility is obviously very important. I mean, Conlon's been repurposed as a centre-half back, because you mentioned Dave Fitzgerald's got like, he's 217 in the championship so far this year for midfield, which is incredible. Yeah. And then you look at like, say, Peter Duggan, who's now become a really important target man within that team too. Like, in a way, not just with O'Donnell coming back, like, the fact that these guys have proved so versatile has given an awful lot to Clare in their success this season. Yeah, it has. And it's just changed up, we'll say, the obvious stick that Clare were probably beaten with for the last two years was, if you stop Tony Kelly, you stop Clare. And like, now you have a wing, a wing forward, Shane O'Donnell, who's causing massive trouble for teams because they don't actually know how to handle him out there and he has that bit more space. He's brilliant at winning his own ball. He wins frees. Peter Duggan has always been a handful, like he, he's one of the best in the air there is because he kind of, he goes up either hand um, he's one of the few fellas that kind of does it. Um, and then like you look at John Conlon who I have to say I was sceptical enough when he went back centre back, um, having played with John and, and seen him as kind of a forward that was really your out and out forward, kind of Ruud van Nistelrooy style forward, not big fan of passing the ball or any of those things. Um, I'm sure John won't mind me saying that. And if he does, he won't hear it. Anyway. It'll be fine. <laughs> but, um, it's exactly what he wants to hear on the week of a big yeah, game. Exactly. He switches the yeah, podcast yeah, tomorrow. I'm, yeah. I'm sure John has, has all the podcasts turned off this week. But, um, like, you know, I have to say I was sceptical. But, like, he's gone and filled in a massive problem position for Claire, And he's doing it really well. So, you know, when, when you see, like I said a minute ago, when you see these things, you're not surprised because, you know, you're, you've been exposed to kind of those players and their level. Paul, do you ever surprised by anything Tony Kelly does? Because we've kind of marveled at so many things this season, where like he has a better supporting cast around him, no doubt this year, which has helped. But you look at, say, the moment where he ends on his back like a turtle the last day, and still gets back up and puts it over the bar against Wexford. The sideline cut, even when he missed a few frees against Limerick in the Munster final. He just does such remarkable things with the ball. Yeah, uh, you, it's, when you train with him and you play with him, and you're watching him in a club championship from a very young age, and you know what he's capable of, it's not really a surprise to you, but it is. It there is. It's just ma it is magic. Like it, but the level of dedication, like it's nearly boring. The level of dedication that the man puts in, like he just, uh, he's just the, the perfect professional. Just he's always down the field. If he thinks he needs to improve his fitness, he's run the road. Like the SNC coach, like one year I was in, just got, was kind of telling him, don't run the road, please stop. Just you're going to damage your body, you're going to get injured. But um, he just he puts an enormous amount of time into it as well as probably being like, gifted genetically, because like, the stuff he can do is, like, the fact that he's such a freak athlete is obviously, like, he was obviously gifted from a young age, but uh, yeah, he's just, his time and his skill level, it's incredible. Um, you would, some of the stuff you see him doing training, you would nearly be like, just, it's unbelievable, but uh, then he does it in championship, you kinda, you're not too surprised, because you've seen so much of it, but he's doing it so long. Um, some players, when they get such a big name, it puts pressure on the player, um, but it just seems to be for him, it's just another day, going to do what I've done, what I've practiced for. And uh, he has done it, he just continues to impress and uh, he's, um, yeah, like you said, the perfect professional. Padre, maybe it's unfair of me to ask you this question, you know, Clare going so well this year, semi-final weekend, maybe an All-Ireland final. You sitting here, do you think something like that would have come into your mind? What's it like? What, are you uh, wondering, no. I wish it was there? I know, some, like, some, like I'm... I, 
but like when I was young lad, I was a Clare fan, going to all the games, really enjoyed all the games, loved going to the games. And uh, you go through your career and you, ne you never really think you're going to play for Clare probably. Like some people maybe do and some people from a young age might have more confidence, but I never really thought I'd play for Clare. And then I was fortunate enough to play for Clare and it's something you always kind of dream of. And then you play for Clare and you enjoy it. And then sometimes you feel like your time is gone. And it, let's say on the hurling side of it, that's the way I felt. Um, so I was fortunate enough that I got to play football this year. But um, like I said, I was a fan when I was a kid. And then this year, like I've gone to all the games. So I went to all the group games, went to the Munster final, went to the Wexford game, and uh, you just be back to... You don't feel like, oh, that. No, like, it's, um, even though it was funny, I was talking to Derek Onan, and uh, we were just saying, like, sometimes you might see something happen in the game, and you'd see, you'd automatically think, like, could I have done anything differently there? But um, I don't know, like, I've, I've been in that environment where, like, things aren't going great for you on the field, and you, you know how hard it is to play inter-county hurling. I, I find it difficult to hear part of people when they talk negatively about players in inter-county hurling, like, nearly feel, because it is, can be so difficult. But uh, then Derek was saying to me, he was talking to someone, he was, like, 73, and he said he still feels like, oh, I could have done something there on the field. So Derek said, it doesn't go away. So, uh, yeah, just when you hear that kind of stuff, but um, no. It was it a difficult decision a couple of years ago, though, when you decide to go all in with the football. Like, bear in mind, right, your dad's managing the team, football's been going really well, two trips to Crow Park this year, but was it actually a tough call to say, right, I'm going football over hurling, given, like, you've already got a Celtic cross and the hurling behind you? Um, I don't know, like I, I, like, like I said, a big Clare fan, like playing hurling football, whatever kind of at the time feels right, I kind of do, and that's kind of it, I don't dwell too much on it. You did have a great year with the footballers and commiserations in the weekend only, but the year you've had, I mean, the success you've had back in championship in Croker since 2016, it has been a good year for you. Yeah, very disappointing end. Um, like Derry definitely like were a level above us. Um, and I suppose like you're going into the game and you're kind of thinking, like Derry, who were, were probably unlucky to stay in Division Two this year, they're a good side, um, but uh, performed unbelievably well in Ulster, beating Tyrone, beating Manon, uh, beating Donegal. Um, is an impressive run, but you always kind of think in the back of your head, maybe we could put, put, up, put it up to them, but uh, they completely outclassed us and uh, we can't complain. We didn't show up at all. It's very disappointing, but that's sport. Where does the Russ Common win rank up in terms of things in your career? Like to come back late in the game, Crow Park, first time cleared, won at the venue in nearly 100 years. Like to have done that must have been huge for you. Um, what I'd say is like it's nearly, we're at a level like it, it's, it's about performance. And like consistent performance is important and we started the league very well, performing very well and then we went through a bit of a lull and that lull kind of, Limerick, like Limerick were better than us in the day and fair play, they deserved their victory. Um, didn't play that well against Mead, got over them and then we performed against Roscommon for probably 40 minutes and then really kind of switched off 25 minutes, so that was very disappointing. And then to come out with the win, you're, you're happy, but like when you reflect on the year, you kind of see it as a whole and you'd like to get that more consistent performances throughout the year. If we could replicate that first half against Roscommon more consistently, it'd be, it'd be more impressive. But um, yeah, like, listen, it's great winning, but, um, and then you're, you're reflecting the year and whatever, you've not really won. So just kind of look to the club and kind of go again. You went in the same ton tunnel as the Armagh lads the other day and there was no wild scenes at your game? No, um, yeah, no, it's, 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 a tough, it's a tough couple of weeks now for those players because like, I've been to a lot of GA games like, since I was a kid and club games and nasty stuff has gone on. There's no cameras. And uh, it's always very difficult when like, there's cameras involved and players should probably be aware of that. But uh, yeah, there's like, social media stuff and uh, even politicians commenting on it. It's probably not nice for the players involved and whatever, but uh, not condoning it. But uh, yeah, it's disappointing, obviously. I spoke to your dad um, after the game on the weekend and he was devastated. I mean, he's there a long time. He's got the utmost respect. He's, look what he's done with the team. I mean, do you think, have you spoke about it? Has he talked to you about maybe he's, his future with it? 
No, no, I, um, I, I'd say no, it might be the last person to know. But uh, that, That's wrong, by the way, because he said to us after the game, my family, family are the first, the first people to tell Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe Sean will find out first, I don't know. Uh, yeah, we'll see, I, like, I don't know. Um, Would you love yeah. him to go back? Yeah, he's, he's done a great job with Clare, and um, like it's been, like he's been there, he's one of the longest, he is the longest serving football manager, mm. I think. Yeah, he is. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Like you can always improve, always get better, and um, this year obviously very disappointing end. But like that's completely his decision. I wouldn't comment on it. I'd kind of let him make it up, like the same way he let me my, make my mind up about stuff. So, yeah. Jamie, as a Corkman, what was your feeling after the second game that took place on Saturday? Because I mean, kind of watching the fans. <laughs> my first thought was right. First half was okay. They contained Dublin yeah. reasonably well. Carried a bit of a threat. Second half was a hard watch. Twenty-one minutes without score. Yeah. Um well, I think we were kind of told we have to kind of tone down all the drink talk, so I don't know if I'm allowed to say that uh, I was in Marty Brown's in Anthony Daly's pub watching the second half, so... Having a few soft drinks. Yeah, I was, I was on the minerals and, yeah. and kind of just was able... There was a guy playing music, so I was able to kind of look at him for most of the second half. <laughs> um, to be honest, like, it wasn't uh, a massive surprise the way it went. To be, like, you know, I think um, watching the first half, definitely the first 20 minutes, I actually think if Cork had maybe kicked the ball a small bit more into the full forward line, there was actually joy to be got. Um, they were one-on-one -on -one inside there a lot, um, but Dublin kind of cottoned on to that quick enough. Cork kicked wides that, you know, like, I mean, it just shows, look, right now, Cork aren't at that level. Like, and that's not, um, that's, that's not kind of talking out of turn or anything like that. They're just, they're in that kind of, that rung just below the top 10, I would say. You know, I know the quarterfinals are our last day, but, you know, in reality, I, I don't think Cork would have beaten Roscommon if they played them. Um, in that game with Clare, like, you know, there's a ninth, there's, you know, there's an 18 probably ahead of them, Carker probably that 10 to 14 kind of place. Did the draw kind of give them a bit of an unfair appearance of their year as well? Like to get the two teams that come up from Division 3 at home, you couldn't have handpicked a better draw in many ways. Yeah, I suppose you couldn't, but like equally, equally, I suppose you then get, you know, the worst draw I suppose you can, you can get, I would say, in the quarterfinal. I think, it, I think it's a, a roughly fair reflection of where they are. Like, I mean, I think the, the greatest reflection of where Cork are is, they came sixth in Division Two, which puts you at 14th, isn't it? So you're roughly, like you know, they were a point or two off clear in the league. So you're roughly at that kind of 11 to 14th kind of slot. That's kind of roughly where I would put Cork football right now, and um, certainly with the the potential to go higher. But like, there's huge work has to be done there for Cork to catch up. Um, you know, like there's been a lot of years where Cork have had quite a good structure at underage and, and I've seen it firsthand from we're very good at getting them from about 14 to, to 17 um, generally speaking at under 20 especially now with the new rules about about players you know not playing up and down Cork have actually got just more bodies so we're always going to be very strong at those ages but I, I wonder have we got a plan to get them from 20 to 24 because inter-county football now has gone so physical that very very rarely is a guy ready at 21 22 it takes those couple of years and for the last couple of years i do know for a fact that there wasn't great aftercare in cork like the lads would finish their they'd finish their with county county year and there was no like you know what's the plan for us so that we just come back into pre-season ready to train ready to get better there was none of that and i know for a fact that if you go to the top echelon of counties dublin kerry mayo tyrone those counties that's where they're making differences that maybe the rest of us uh, aren't, you know, and if Cork are going to catch up, you have to, like, it's a, a saying I would say to people, it's like, if you want to catch up to a car that's in front of you, you have to drive faster than that car. 
doesn't do to just do the same speed as it. And at the moment, like for Cork, we're still just getting up to the same speed as the counties that are ahead of us. We have to overtake them if we want to even get near them. Like so, it was it was not discouraging this year. They stayed in Division Two. Um, you know, they they had come up. They need to improve an awful lot going forward. But like, I wouldn't be totally discouraged. But equally, I do think it's going to take time. I don't buy into some of the crap I saw on social media, kind of people talking about like Cork winning an under 20 All-Ireland and a minor All-Ireland, you know, more excuses or, or talk like that. It's like, they, number one, they won them both in the same year. Number two, those minor players are only like 20 years of age right now, do you know? Um, it's going to take time. And I think if you want something you know, to work, you have to give it time. Paul, is there an outstanding candidate for the Sam Maguire right now? Kevin watched all the quarterfinals last weekend. You got question marks about Dublin and then where Connor's going to be at, where McCarthy might be at with their fitness and you know, varying reports whether he's going to be back for the Kerry game. Uh, Kerry still look, you know, a little bit, say, kind of, say, not match sharp because of the breaks that they've had and, you know, concerns about David Clifford's ankle going into the semi-final now too. And then you got to see Derry, who were, like, very impressive against you guys in clinical finishing and how well they played. And then Galway look a little bit susceptible to high ball going in the Armagh game. It's one of those years we're going to a semi-final. There's probably a question mark about every team going in there. Yeah, it's, I suppose it's good for a spectator um, from a Galway Derry perspective of his looking at that semi-final. I find it very hard to call. We've played both this year. Um, two I th- equally nearly impressive sides in different ways when we played them. Like even from, the Derry, from a Derry perspective, like we played them in Cusick Park. And in fairness, like against even Kerry, when we played, I know, obviously different years, different teams, everything like that, 2014, 2016, we played Kerry at home. There's, coming to Cusick Park, I always, like, felt it gives us a bit of an edge. But, like, it was always, like, a three or four point game against Kerry when we got into Cusick Park. Like, even 2014, when they, they kicked on, like, they have a great year. Um, so, Derry coming to Cusick Park to beat us by nine points, I thought in my head, I was like, this is a, this is a very good Derry side. Um, and then they obviously gave us a good beating at the weekend. So I'm very impressed with them, but equally I was impressed with Galway. That's going to be a very close game. Um, I, do, like, I don't know, was it from being around, Claire, being around Claire and listening to Kerry people a lot because they're so close? They always kind of do talk, like they do, there's constant talk about them winning the All-Ireland, constantly. You're always hearing it. Um, my nan is a good Kerry woman, she'd be delighted to hear me say it. Like I always kind of, I don't know if that rubs off me, but David Clifford's probably the best player in the country. With kind of... <laughs> with Conor Callan probably um, but I do just think Kerry are probably that I, I'd give probably fancy Kerry to win the All-Ireland if I was to pick one team Jamie do you agree? well he's Nana's favourite like that's why <laughs> he, plays, he plays the game with that not, not a hope um, no I think I hope I think and I hope that Dublin will have too much for them um, I, is that just pure corpus coming out there? probably is yeah, yeah. but like like I I think look after everything I want to see the Dubs there again I look Honestly, like, it's the age-old thing with Kerry. Like, they came out of Munster without a test. They played a, a substandard Mayo team. Let's call it straight. Like, they beat the lard out of them in the league. They beat them well at the weekend. They were comfortable throughout the weekend. Um, I know you have the same question marks over Dublin, but I just think they're doing it in, in such an impressive way. Um, I, I'm hopeful that Dublin will have too much for them. But, um, like I said, it, it might just be more, more corkness than, than anything else and lack of... Uh, just more desire, what I want to see happen rather than, than what might happen. On the dual side, Jamie, what do you make of Owen O'Donnell going in with the Dublin footballers? Because the game was so dead at the point he came on, mm. I pretty much just watched what he did for the last yeah. 10 minutes after he came on. Because it was 8 or 9 points up when yeah. he came on. I thought he was actually going to be in the inside forward line. So he was playing for his club half forward and he yeah. needed someone to go in behind. In the end, he kind of swept and you know, he did his work pretty well. 
But it's an intriguing prospect where you go from being the captain and such an important player on the hurling team to potentially giving that up if he wants to go with the footballers next year because I reckon the footballers will want him in from the start next season. I, yeah, and I'd agree with you. I reckon that was part of the, part of the move, I would, I would guess. Like, you know, um, not to be too cynical, but like, I would say that was part of the thinking and probably part of the thinking with bringing him on at the weekend. I don't know. Maybe I'm totally wrong. Like, I don't know would he be the first port to call next week against Kerry, like, do you know what I mean? If that game's in the melting pot, are they going to turn around to a guy who's played, what, 10 minutes of senior inter-county football? Um, like I said, could be totally wrong and he could be absolutely tearing it up inside there. Um, but, like, I think it's interesting to see him go in. He, is, he has that choice of being the main man on a hurling team or going into a football team. But, like, the thing that you have to, you know, suppose that, you know, the obvious elephant in the room is, like, without trying to to be too down on Dublin, they're not going to win anything in the hurling. Mm. And like, I'm just being frank there, like they're not, they're the, they're the fourth best team in Leinster. Um, so they're not going anywhere there. He, there's a legitimate chance every year you play with the Dublin footballers now that you win in All-Ireland or seven, like, do you know? So like, <laughs> do you know, it, for me, it, it makes perfect sense that Owen O'Donnell owes nothing to Dublin hurling. He's been an incredible player for them. If Owen O'Donnell thinks, I might be good enough to be an intercounty senior footballer, maybe not starting, maybe coming on, maybe he might think, you know what, like, it's time to try and, and, and do that for something different. And I think more luck to him, you know, more power to him. If he's good enough footballer to, to be looked at there, and obviously there are, there are obvious physical, physical attributes, a guy like Owen O'Donnell, like, you know, you can look at him and say, I can see how he'd be a good footballer at intercounty level. You know, he's six foot three or four, he's athletic, he's quick. You know, like, you don't play in the full back line in intercounty hurling if you can't move over 10, 15, 20 metres. So, like, it's a no-brainer in that, like, it's worth trying. Um, from a Dublin perspective, we're here talking about Owen O'Donnell. He may not see grass against Kerry. Do you know what I mean? Um, it may be a masterstroke. I don't know fr from Desi, you know. But I think, like you said, I agree with you 100%. To me, it does look like a... Give Owen O'Donnell a taste of big days in Croke Park, playing football next winter, I would imagine, you know, the phone call is, Owen, do you want to be part of this going forward? You know, it's a, it's a very good time to try poach one of the hurlers' best players to play football, and I think that's what's happened. And if I was a betting man, I would say it'll likely be successful. Is it fair to the players that are there at the moment, maybe all year, putting in all the hard work, Podge, putting in all there in the winter and the rain, and then he swans in last minute, he gets 10 yeah. minutes. Well, he it's, not really, it's not really swan in because of the level of dedication that he yeah. probably gives. I know that there's probably seven or eight full forwards in Ireland right now in Hurling that are delighted with the fact that they don't have to look at Owen Allen's face on the Hurling field next year, if that is the case. Yeah. Like, um, so he, like he, he, as he is one of, he's top class as a hurler. Um, so there is going to be some happy intercounty managers and full forwards that he's gone to the football if he does stay at football. And, and like you were just saying, Very dedicated. he hasn't been swanning around, to be fair. Like, I think it might be different if he had maybe, you know, been off on a jolly up for, for a couple of months and like, you know, they were like, oh, this lad has just waltzed in. But like, he has been representing Dublin. He has been training since, you know, last November, December. He's, he's coming in as a, you know... Uh, lesser of equals but still you know on an e a relatively equal footing to the lads so I, I don't think that would be as, as a big player, an issue. though would you not feel a bit hard done by if you were the one sitting on the bench? I, 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 in his case I, don't, I really don't think so he's like he's 
He's in such good physical condition. He's been the epitome of like a dedicated player for Dublin hurlers so consistently. He's probably, yeah. he's probably got massive respect from a lot of those Dublin footballers. And a lot of those Dublin footballers play hurling as well, and they'd be well aware of him, like even from playing football in the club level, but hurling as well. So I'm sure they'll be absolutely delighted to have someone like him around the dressing room. I think he'd be a massive addition. There'll be one to three fellas pissed off. Like, mm. you know, the guy who loses his spot in the 26 will probably be pissed off. And the guy who maybe doesn't get a run when Owen O'Donnell gets a run where he might think I would have gotten a run there might be yeah. pissed off. But there'll be 25 other fellas who just want to do what it takes to win a trophy. And at the end of the day, they... The, the old John Giles thing is like, you know, like, would he kill his granny to win? Like, you know, like, <laughs> they don't care. Like, you know, they, they just want to win Sam Maguire, you know. So they just, I don't, I don't think they'll be, I don't think there'll be a major uh, issue in the Dublin camp over it. I think in fairness to Desi as well when it comes to the chair, it's different circumstances. So he's getting into the match at 26 because of the injuries that they have at the moment. Their panel's more stretched than it's been in recent years. And also because of the circumstance of the split season and Dublin going out early, it's, it is next year, I think, Podge, when it becomes a live issue rather than now. I'd say they're probably okay with it now. But a lot of Dublin hurlers, it's going to be difficult for them even to go back in now, I'd say. Uh, I, don't, like, I don't think so. I think if, like, like no, one knows, no one knows what his mindset is. Like, mm. he, he could be like, I'm going to play football this year, so I'll go back to the hurlers next year. Like, we don't know. So we're, it's complete speculation. So yeah. as, um, as the lads in the live tour says, I don't comment on speculation. So <laughs> just leave it at that. Um, just before we finish up, Podge, to bring around our, our chat around the hurling, Claire Football, what is the ceiling or what is the hope from here? Because you've become a very consistent Division 2 team in recent years. I almost feel like you've been slightly patronised where people will go, you know, Colin Collins got them to a good level within Division 2. But like, you've realistically been at this good level now for a little while. What's the next thing that's now required? I, I suppose it's, it's, it's always a difficult one, I feel, in a dual county. Like, that is probably, it is more hurling. More young lads probably growing up do, but like, would focus on the hurling. Like even I was thinking about today, you see with a club, a club team like Ballier, mm. and you've got like Carl O'Connor who's midfield in the football, Pierce Lillis who's wing forward in the football, Aaron Griffin corner forward in the football, uh, Killian Brennan who's full back in the football, all playing with that club team and all playing very well, but probably wouldn't have given, let's say, the same level of dedication to hurling as someone like Paul Flanagan or Jack Brown or Tony Kelly would. So like you're in, in those kind of split counties, you're not going to always get your best 15 on the field. Um, whatever way you look at it, like you see likes of Kilkenny, they constantly produce, mm. they constantly compete because everyone in Kilkenny, with the exception of a small group, play all hurlings. Kerry, it's predominantly football and that's the way it is. You're going to get a lot of the best players playing football. So um, it, it, like, it is always going to be a challenge because you, you, you're competing with that. It's like Derry are predominantly football. So, but like you look at the likes of Derry and you would take like, inspiration from a team like that that came from Division 4, got their house in order, came to Division 3, came to Division 2, won, won um, an Ulster title and are perform playing some excellent football. So, um, yeah, like, uh, we've got some like, excellent players, like Owen Cleary is as good as what's around, Jane Malone, excellent, like David Tuberty still going strong at like, 36 and just a class back. player. So, you, I, I don't know, we haven't had that conversation yet. But, um, I don't know. Do you like, does that more of a conversation to have with your dad if he is staying on? Is that a dinner or a conversation? Is Padre staying on or if Cullum staying on? Well, she just said that you stayed on. I said David Tubbery. <laughs> oh, my apologies, sorry. No. Yeah, no, a few years to catch up with David, I don't know, but yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, so it, listen, it's, it, it is hard to know. Um, every year you're, you're optimistic and you're hopeful, um, but um, yeah, I, we've got some, we do have some great young lads coming in the panel this year, so hopefully they kick on and push us on again next year and see where we go. And before you sit down, your former hurling teammates, are they going to do it this weekend? Um, I don't know. It's um, like it's going to be... Like, it's cliche enough, but it's going to be a very close game. Like, 
I suppose what you have to, like what Claire probably have to realise is that regardless of what's going on in Munster and how well we've been performing against Wexford, it was probably a performance where we didn't reach the levels we had reached in Munster and it nearly cost us. Um, and thankfully, like, Wexford kind of started making a few mistakes they weren't making through the game and then we kind of mm -hmm. came into it and Aaron Chandler clicked and we got through that game. If we play like that against Kilkenny in Crow Park, we could be in trouble. But um, you're just hopeful we'll get a repeat of the form we showed in Munster. And, um, and Kilkenny will be thinking, right, we've played in the Leinster final in, in Crow Park. We've won up against a good Galway team by five or six points. Um, it, they're kind of peaking, I suppose, the right time in their own heads. So it's, like, it's going to be a close game. It's going to be very interesting. Like, there's, there's no way you're going to tell a Kilkenny person that Clare are going to beat them in Crow Park, but uh, we'll do everything we can, I suppose. We'll get Paul Murphy's opinion on that in a moment. It's just Clare's second game at Crow Park. Uh, since they lifted the Lee McCarthy back in 2013, where Podge was a key player in the team. Podge, thanks a million for joining us on stage. Um, give, put your hands together for Podge.